Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's easy to forget to take care of ourselves, especially during the holiday season. Between family get-togethers, party preparation, and staying on top of work, healthy habits like sleep and diet often get left behind. And though it's easy to say you'll make it up tomorrow, you may not realize you're running yourself too thin until your body physically shuts down. Sometimes this breaking point can trigger a burst of uncontrolled brain activity, otherwise known as a seizure. While many of us may think seizures always look like shaking or twitching, Dr. Dipali Namade says that's only the most popularized version. Some patients may simply stare into space, while others smack their lips or pick at their clothes. Another one would be laughing. It's not your normal laughter. You look at the person and you know it's not a normal laughter. So those would be, you know, some of the uh, symptoms. But it depends on which part of the brain seizures are originating from. And the symptoms are based on which part of the brain, you know, they are coming from, if that makes sense. Namade is a neurologist specializing in epilepsy and seizures at the Orlando Health Neuroscience Institute. She says that kids are at a higher risk of having seizures because of the brain development that's happening at a young age. Sometimes it's due to neurons being in the wrong place in our brains. But other times, seizures can be caused by metabolic issues. Some of the kids who has metabolic issues, they have certain low glucose or high glucose when they are born. Those kids can have seizures. Genetics can also play a factor. If both parents have experienced seizures, it increases their child's risk as well. Namade says another high-risk population is the elderly. Just like with the rest of the body, aging can be hard on the brain and cause some wear and tear later in life. However, don't think that these are the only two communities who are at risk. So seizures are more common in either younger age group or older age group. But as I tell my patients, anybody who has a brain can have a seizure. Some seizures are provoked, meaning that they're triggered by something like an injury or tumor, while others are unprovoked. This means that there's no known cause. Provoked seizures are often treatable because doctors can see what's triggering the episode, but patients with unprovoked convulsions often go on to develop epilepsy and have reoccurring seizures. Dr. Barry Goodell says that treatments can be tricky because each patient's experience is different than the next. The treatment of epilepsy, unlike a lot of disorders and diseases, is an incredibly individualized one. How we pick those drugs depends on the patient, depends on kind of what else they present to us with, other medical conditions, psychiatric conditions what they've experienced in the past. So it's, we don't have a single standardized medicine. It's a very individualized treatment approach. Goodell is a professor of pharmacy and neurology at the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Aside from anti-seizure medication, brain surgery is an option for some patients with epilepsy. Namade says that while 70% of people will have success with pharmaceuticals, those who haven't found relief after trying two different medications may become candidates for surgery. So we do phase one evaluation, which is a scalp 
EEG or electroencephalogram or a brainwave testing in a layman language, where we look at the brain waves, we figure out which part of the brain seizures are originating from. They also get additional neuroimaging like MRI brain or certain kind of radio tracer we inject when patient is having seizure and that get picked up by the part of the brain where seizures are originating from. After these first tests, a surgical team decides if brain surgery could actually help the patient. If the answer is yes, they go into a second phase of evaluation. Electrodes are inserted into the brain to figure out where the seizures are originating from. And then they map out where different functions are inside the patient's brain. So we map where is the language, where is patient's motor functions are, as in where the movements are happening, where their vision is, where their hearing is, and so on. And then we again present them in a surgical conference and then we figure out, can we take out the small part of the brain tissue safely? And if we can, we take it out. If we cannot, then we do other options like a neuromodulation. Neuromodulation uses treatments like deep brain stimulation to deliver electrical signals to nerves in the brain. This process can help decrease the frequency and severity of seizures. However, Goodell warns that while brain surgery can be effective, it's not a perfect solution. The brain is very tricky, the way it can rewire itself, and we can make a huge difference in patients. Sometimes we can take patients and do surgery, and now they'll respond to medications where before they weren't. But I, I wouldn't say, unfortunately, it's curative. Now, having said that, if there's something else that we know, say a brain tumor, that we can successfully remove everything, that gets a little bit closer to a cure. But we don't have a cure yet, unfortunately. Which means there's still a need for innovative treatment ideas. One option that's been gaining popularity is cannabis, specifically CBD. Goodell says there's a lot about the plant we don't yet understand, but what makes it unique is that it works much differently than all of the other anti-seizure medications available. So it doesn't work in the traditional ways. We're still trying to figure that out. It probably doesn't work through the cannabinoid receptors, you know, which is probably why we don't see some of the intoxicating effects with CBD that we can with THC. It's probably working through other mechanisms, but we're still not exactly sure what it's doing. But it's the only thing I can say with confidence. It's working differently than the other medicines that we have commercially available, which is why, you know, sometimes it's good to combine it with other drugs. Frequently, our patients with bad epilepsy need a couple different drugs. And sometimes adding things together that work by different mechanisms makes sense. While many of us think of cannabis as one drug, or maybe we break it down into CBD and THC, Goodell says the plant is much more complicated. Research has shown that cannabis actually produces around 100 cannabinoid chemicals. We don't know what a lot of them do, to be perfectly honest. So yes, early on we had evidence. There's probably ancient historical evidence for marijuana that can treat a lot of things. Problem is when we just talk about quote-unquote medical marijuana, which again, it's treating it like it's one drug, the evidence is conflicting. There's some patients that clearly do better there are some patients that actually their seizures get worse or other things happen. So the way the research has kind of evolved is that it really kind of appears that CBD is probably the best actor here, the, you know, the one that's probably contributing the most. So while science hasn't completely excluded THC or other cannabinoids from the conversation, most of the field is currently researching CBD. Right now, there's only one FDA-approved CBD drug called Epidiolex. 
And while it's a promising treatment option, Goodell says that just like with other medications, CBD has some drawbacks. Well, we do know that the, both these molecules, THC and CBD, can cause side effects. They can cause drug interactions, which is what I'm more concerned about. And they can interact with other medicines that you may be taking that if your healthcare provider doesn't know about it, you know, and say your pharmacist who's dispensing the other medicines doesn't know about the other CBD stuff or cannabis, you could get into difficulties, you know, with drug interactions and side effects that no one may ever know about. Another concern is the quality of CBD that you're buying. There's thousands of non-prescription brands for sale across the country, and there's not a lot of regulation yet to protect consumers from bad products. There's no federal oversight. And we have done studies, other people have done studies that have looked at contamination. And there's sometimes heavy metals like lead that's in some of these formulations. Insecticides, a lot of times the ones that are called pure CBD also have some THC in them. And that could get you in a little bit of difficulty if you got drug tested and all of a sudden THC shows up. And THC may not be the only surprise substance in your product. Cannabis is known as a bioaccumulator, which means that it will absorb anything that's in the soil, including heavy metals and toxins. If you've got really contaminated soil and you want to clean it up, best thing you can do is plant a bunch of cannabis because it will soak up all those toxins and those metals and all that other stuff from the soil. The Russian Federation did this years ago around Chernobyl to clean up all the strontium that was in the soil. So you think about it, Okay, if you don't know where your dirt is from, your soil, and what has been contaminated, that just gets brought up into that cannabis. So it's a difficult plant to work with. So that's what my big fear for patients using this stuff widely. I'd rather see some good regulation like any other drug. We know how it's made. We know where it's sourced. You know, we can have some testing to see if it has what it says it has. So while cannabis products could be a great addition to a treatment plan, Physician oversight is crucial to making sure the patient stays protected and consumes safe products. At the end of the day, there's more than 3 million Americans with epilepsy who each need to find a plan that fits their specific needs. Our goal is make people seizure-free and with minimal side effects. And CBD may or may not be an appropriate option. Again, this is really individualized, but bring it up with their doctor. Have the conversation, you know, and say, hey, would this or would this not be appropriate before they just embark on going out and buying some stuff on their own? You can find more information about Dr. DePauli Namade, Dr. Barry Goodell, and all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.org. For more behind the scenes, follow Radio Health Journal on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Our writer-producer is Kristen Farah. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. I'm Elizabeth Westfield. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. Basically, we have a lot of choice, a lot of responsibility, and not always all the tools and information to handle it. Does the average person have enough knowledge to make major medical decisions? Then, how doctors can stay patient-focused in the ICU. I now really value that component of my being at the bedside with these people more than I do the procedures, the beeps and the buzzers. All that and more on Radio Health Journal.
I'm Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. The birds survived, and of course, birds are living dinosaurs. The larger picture of why dinosaurs are no longer around today. Then... I had to really put her back in line and say, you're still a teenager, go out with your friends, you're going to college, this is not your burden, let's process this. You've had a loss too, let's talk about this. Finding a way back after loss. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. <laughs>